All right, everybody, it's great to see you all tonight. Welcome this evening. Hope you all are doing well today. Hey, just do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor really quick and just say, hey, how are you doing today? If you don't know your neighbor's name, be like, what's your name? What's your name? All right, just talk to your neighbor. Say hi. Hi, Shayla. It's good to see you. I'm Marcus. All right. It's great to see you all tonight. So I want to invite two guests to the stage with me. I'm going to invite two guests to the stage with me. And I'm going to call on them randomly. They are, I'm just kidding, I won't call on you to come. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to call Hannah and Thomas to the stage. Hannah and Thomas, if you're here, just come on up and grab a seat here. Hannah and Thomas. All right. Really quick, Hannah, hi, how are you? Hi. You look beautiful tonight. Thank you. I'm allowed to say that, right? I'm your husband. Okay. All right. I'm serious. There was a student in the back that was like, did he just tell her? that she looks beautiful. Yeah, it's my wife. Okay, I get to say that. All right. So, but hey, Thomas, you look beautiful today. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Really quick. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take a little time tonight to do something that we do every once in a while called the hot seat. And uh, I'm sorry, that was the old name, open chair. Open chair is our new name for this. And we've been actually calling it open chair for over a year. I'm still old school. Okay. But this is a chance for us to get to interview some people that you want, that we want you to get to know and stuff like that. All right. So uh, we sometimes interview students. We sometimes interview leaders, sometimes interview older people, just varies from open chair to open chair. But today we got two open chair guests, Miss Hannah Rodriguez and Mr. Thomas Courtney. All right. So give it up for them really quick. And the enthusiastic applause of the audience. Uh, hey, Mr. Jesse, come on up here. We got all seventh and eighth graders in the front two rows, so y'all come on up, all right? Okay, so Thomas, so, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Thomas. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. What do you do? Uh, I'm a mechanical engineering major at UTRGV, and I also have a minor in military science. A uh, minor in military science, yes. and you're a mechanical engineering major. Yes. So what year in college are you? I am a sophomore junior thing. So really you're like know. between sophomore and junior yeah. year, kind of? That's cool. That's awesome, man. And how old are you? I am 19 years old. 19 years old, man. You're already a sophomore junior in college. That's yeah. awesome, man. Congratulations. That's Hey, that's an achievement. Y'all give it up for him. That's... Yeah. I like that, man. Good job. I like that. And one of the things I like about Thomas, he is a coffee lover. All right. I like that about Thomas. All right. So, Ms. Hannah, I hear noise. Oh, I thought it was the, uh, the, ace, the baseball game. So, Ms. Hannah, you were in college a long time ago. Yes. Um, a long time ago. How long? You don't have to answer how long ago. A long time I don't ago. Know. And I'd like to ask you, because a lot of people here don't know, what did you study? What did you do in college? So I studied elementary education and Spanish. And then I got a job teaching math in middle school and never taught elementary or Spanish. Period. Nice. Love it. Okay, so uh, what grades did you teach in middle school? So I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So like a long time ago, we used to occasionally have a student that attended Morris Middle School here That's in McAllen. True. And they were like... You're my teacher. or And you also taught at Lincoln for just a little bit, but you taught at Morris for... The same for, two the same years two, two years. Okay. And then after that, okay, so why did you stop teaching? What happened? I had a baby. You had a baby. Okay. Yeah. So you had a baby. And you, all right. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. You should clap for that. That was hard work. Okay. All right. So, yes. All right. Cool. All right. Thomas. So, What is the hardest part about being a college student for you? The hardest part about being a college student is probably waking up at five in the morning and driving to school. Okay, hold up, hold up. I, I was a college student and I never woke up at 5 a.m. So, same, thank you, okay. 
I, I may have been still awake at 5 a.m. Like I didn't go to bed that night, but why do you wake up at 5 a.m.? Uh, I wake up at 5 a.m. because I'm part of the ROTC program at UTRGV. So. Okay, are you an ROTC, sir? All right, awesome. We have two people here. No, we have more than that. Okay, so at ROTC, you get up at 5 a.m. to do workouts and stuff? Yes. Awesome. Hannah, did you ever wake up at 5 a.m. for school? No. No, okay. And that, yeah, I don't think. Uh, Hannah, I have a question for you. What is the hardest part about being. Um, uh, let, me, let me back up. I'll, I'll save that question next. What was the hardest part about being a middle school math teacher? There you go. Because I guarantee this, this you. This was not on the prepared set of questions. Yeah, yeah, I know. So <laughs> I, I guarantee you that there are some students here that are like, I don't like my math teacher. She, oh, she's lame, okay? And they were probably saying that about you. And if I had known. Ooh, no, I know. No. If, I had said, if, I had, if I knew who they were, I'd find them for you, okay? I'd take care no, of them. But anyway. So. The hardest part about being a middle school math teacher is probably that even though everyone's supposed to be at the same level of math, not everyone's at the same level of math. So there's a lot of people that are behind and don't have skills that they need. And then there's people that are like bored out of their minds. And so just getting them all to be engaged and enjoy learning. At all these different levels yeah. of math skills. Yeah. Would the audience agree with that assessment? Is that something that's difficult in your math class? Yes. yes? Okay. Like you're in eighth grade and you, you have trouble with fractions, but you're in, or you're in eighth grade and you're doing algebra one or two. Yeah, right? Okay. And you're all in the same class together, like holding hands, right? Okay. All right. So Hannah, I have another question for you. You know, like most of us, not all, almost all, most of us, we, we have uh, our parents in our lives. Um, and I, my question is, what is the hardest part for you? What is the hardest part about being a mom? What's the hardest part of being a mother? So hard things about being a mom is that everyone else's needs come before yours, right? That you have to take care of everybody else. And including your husband, as soon as you're pregnant, it starts like you have to give up your, you have to give up everything for your family. You give up your, your body and then your sleep and then your food. And then just, it just never stops. Right. So you have, there's a lot of sacrifice and mothering. And at the same time, there's a lot of um, routine and mundane activities. So, and that's probably true with all jobs, but especially with homemaking. And so there's this challenge of, you know, finding purpose and honoring God and ordinary things like doing the dishes and mopping the floor for the, you know, third time that week or whatever. So, um, yes, that. Yeah, it's, it's true. I, here's, here's like kind of what happens when you have little kids. Maybe some of you have little brothers and sisters, or maybe some of you are like 16 or 17. You still do this to your mom or dad, right? So like we're sitting at the table and our little one, she's 18 months, Juliana, and we're like, don't throw that food on the floor. And literally she takes a handful of cheese and she's like, and then we're like, no. And she's like, hmm, that's kind of new. Let me try that again. No, don't do that. Every time I do this, they say, no, let me try again. And then, yeah, it's just, it and then, just. And then the whole plate. And then it's like, yeah, what happens if I throw the whole plate off the table? Whoosh, right? Yeah, so it happens every meal. And that's kind of like what life is for, for mom and dad and stuff like that, right? Okay, Thomas, I got a question for you, okay? So, so like, um, what advice would you give to a guy that is saying, like, I, I would like to, um, I'd like to be a guy who is really learning how to love God and follow God. Like, what, what, what should I do so that I am growing in my, in my love for God? 
Well, the first things first is you have to have a relationship with God. So you have to know who God is on a personal level. And the only way to know that is if you're reading your Bible. And it's plain and simple. If you don't read it, you won't know who God is and you won't have a relationship. So reading your Bible, being in God's word, it strength, it'll strengthen your relationship with God. Cool, I love that. Okay, now this question is for both of you because um, friend drama happens with guys and girls, okay? so. Um, here's the question. I have a lot of friend drama going on. Um, true. I'm just kidding. I have a lot of, of friend drama going on. What advice would you give me as I face my friend drama? And that question is for both of you, okay? Um, I, I know that it probably just depends on the kind of friend drama you have going on. But, like, if you could give just a, one general bit of advice to somebody that's going through friend drama, what would you say? So the Bible talks a lot about how we treat other people, right, in our relationships. And so just a few, like, things that I think relate to friend drama um, would be, like, the Bible talks about putting aside falsehood and practicing truth, like, in how you speak and how every, all your words should be spoken with love and with truth. And um, I think drama comes from not being like authentic or not being real with someone, right? So when you are straight up with someone and you really tell them truth and you don't try to pretend or play this person and that person, then um, it might hurt someone like for a little bit, but people generally want the truth. They don't want to be lied to. So, um, and then of course, just treating other people the way that you want to be treated. I mean, that's in the Bible too. So cool. I love it. Yeah. It takes a lot of grace to deal with drama sometimes, and especially if you have drama in your life right now, just deal with it head on. You know, there's no path around it, sort of. You just have to like confront that friend and just be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I want to know how you're feeling. And when you talk to that person, you have to do it in a very graceful way, in a graceful manner, because God calls us to love on people the way that he loves us. So just keep that in mind whenever you're facing drama. Just be courteous of the other person, you know, and just be aware that you're supposed to show them grace no matter what. So both of your answers are very much like, when you have God in your life, this is how you handle friend drama. So my assumption is like, if God isn't a present part of your life, or your relationship with God is like not where it needs to be, you probably handle friend drama in a really kind of, um, in a way that is not constructive and it's selfish and Right? So, but if, if you do have a, a walk with God, you're walking in a relationship with God, you are probably going to handle friend drama in a manner that's going to lead to restoration, healing, forgiveness, all sorts of things, right? Yeah, for sure. I love it. Okay, so um, let's see. We're almost done here. Last question for each of you, okay? Um, same question for each of you. What is one word, if you had to think of one word that you want students to remember today? Okay, like they're going to go home and be like, Hannah said this word, or Marcus said this word. What, uh, I'm sorry, Thomas said this word. What, what word would you want students to remember today? Okay, so my one word comes from me working at Camp Zephyr, and it's stories, you know. Say again? Stories. Stories. Yeah. So the reason why I say this word is because each of you have a story, and each of you could tell a story, and no matter what, your story has a beginning, a middle, and God is writing your end, you know? And even though your beginning might be a little rocky, your beginning doesn't necessarily define you, but 
you could use the beginning of your stories to help other people, you know? Because the situations that you are in or you were in, you weren't alone, you know? Someone else went through the same thing. And sharing your stories and being a light to other people is very important. Stories. You have a story to tell. How's God going to use your story? Love it. Okay. So I picked humility because when I think about my time in high school, middle school, like I was kind of a good kid, but at the core, I was pretty selfish. And at the end of the day, like I pretty much thought about me and my motivation for excelling and doing things was pretty much about me. And so a verse that really um, I have to come back to a lot is the verse that talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. And that's a really hard verse to get a hold of and so countercultural in a world that says, like, please yourself and be happy and do what you want. And so that's my word, humility. Humility and stories. Love it. Okay, thank you all so much. Give them a hand. They did a great job in our interview today. Love it. Love it, love it. You can hand off your microphone here. All right, cool. So, um, yeah, each of us has a story to tell, and each of us has um, uh, to learn how to practice humility, all right? So, um, we're going to spend a little bit of time here in worship. So, what I want us to do is this, okay? So, I just as the band gets ready here, I have just a quick story to tell you. Um, so, when my grandmother went to church for the first time, she was already in her 20s. Her first time in church wasn't when she was a teenager like you. She was already in her 20s. And my dad, my father, was like a six-month-old baby. And she took my father, six months old, and my grandma. They went to church together. And the very first thing that struck my grandmother wasn't the sermon because they hadn't preached that day yet. You know what it was? It was the music. It was the songs they were singing. She had never heard a song that spoke um, um, and had a message about God. And, and by the time the, the dude got up there to, to preach or to speak from the Bible, she had already felt just God moving in her heart from what she was singing and, and what she was, back then they didn't have projector screens, what she was uh, singing from the book, from the hymn book or whatever. And so songs are powerful. And the time that we're about to take here, the time that we take every uh, Wednesday, which let me just tell you guys this. Let me just, like, you got to know this, okay? Y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed to have, uh, um, we are blessed to have a worship band that leads us every single Wednesday the way they do, and they work hard. But one thing I can promise you this is that for every single person that's on this stage right here, right now, um, every single one of them would tell you that this time right now is not a concert. They're not here to perform for you. We're not here to perform for you. We're not here for you to just sit back and just be like, man, they, they sounded good. I hope they sound better for my enjoyment next week, right? But what we're doing right now is we're actually believing that the words we sing, that the songs that we sing, that they have a message and a story to tell. And as we participate and sing, then we're engaging in that. We're engaging in that story. And this is a way that we can love God and, and express our love for God. Singing might not be your thing. You may not be a singer. You may not be... You know, you may sing in the shower, and that's the extent of your singing, and that's okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that you can learn. What you can learn is, yeah, you're a rock star in the shower, all right? But, um, but here's the thing, okay? So um, this time can be a special time um, depending on the way that you choose to participate in this time. So if you're one of those that likes to just kind of sit back like this, like, man, I hope this is almost over, like this is lame, 
then you're probably not going to get like, maybe not get a whole lot out of this time. And that's kind of on you. All right. That's okay. It's on you. But if you're, if you're in this and you're like, hey, like, I want to be a part of this. I want to engage this. I want to I just let this song speak to me and represent my heart to God. Then this time will be meaningful for you too, okay? All right? Is that good? Yeah? All right, let's stand. Let's sing together.